This is a HeadGum Podcast. This level of foolishness and joy. Losers, in other words. Now watch this drive. Great ass! Damn it. Kevin getting Pacino pilled. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're to have Good Christian Fun. You knew that was Pacino? You could tell? Yeah, I live with Nathan Ely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going with you two? With me and, and you Nathan? You and the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we were texting today. <laughs> no, you and Pacino. Oh, gosh. Well, I watched Jack and Jill finally last night, and uh, he is in that as a supporting character as himself. Okay. And uh, he's very funny. Has it? he done any musicals? Uh, he does in that one. There's a there's a song and dance number. Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino. He has not done any straight musicals. No. That's a shame. I know. Get that guy in Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he, he would do a musical if Meryl got him to do it. She's well, like, listen, they let me sing. <laughs> <laughs> They'll let you do anything if you're famous, like we are. That's their convert. Their onset conversations on Angels in America. <laughs> Where I'm sure they chatted about all their, you know, yeah. all their time treading the boards. No, he's not a musical guy, but he loves Shakespeare. He's obsessed with Shakespeare. Yeah. He loves playing Shylock. He loves doing, uh, you know, The Merchant of Venice. He's okay. addicted to Billy Shakes. But is he addicted to Sondheim? Probably not as much. Mm. But maybe now is the time for him to start yeah. the second half of his career. He needs a rebrand. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the idea of him doing Dear Evan Hansen. I like that. He was in a play at the Pasadena Playhouse. Do you remember that? Yes. China Doll? Or was that a different one? <laughs> was it called China There's Doll? There's a play he was in uh, in 2013 called China Doll by Feels, David Mayman, Like, See, that's what I'm talking about, the rebrand. Because that feels on brand for him, and that's not good. How do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just don't love that sound of that. But I remember in the... Um, the marketing materials for that play in Pasadena, he was always sitting down <laughs> in the photos. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are stories of people, this is real, uh, doing of him doing the show, China Dolls, this David Mamet show, post him going conservative, because David Mamet was a big, famous, fancy playwright, and then he went super right-wing post 9-11, kind of oh, like weird. Dennis Miller. Uh, and there were reports of like people wanting their money back after the play because Pacino would like forget his lines and <laughs> clearly be reading off a teleprompter that they set up in the wings, and, and it was just like not a Laying good theatrical. Down. <laughs> <laughs> on the set. Checking his tags. <laughs> oh, I got a new follower. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're Al Pacino. You have a lot of followers. Uh, so you know, I, I regret not being able to see him in that state. But man, what's another Pacino? And we're going to get to our guests in a second. But what's another Pacino movie we could do on the show? We did Angels in America. Uh-huh. We did Devil's Advocate. 
What fit? I mean, we're gonna do. We did say this on Patreon. We're gonna do movie. Uh, we're gonna do a Heaven Is for Real's audio commentary of the Irishman. Oh, the Irishman. Yeah, the three yeah. hour and forty five minute movie. A two part podcast. No, one part, and you can't leave your seat. No. Why? <laughs> Because then it it would mess up the audio commentary for people that sync it at home, you know. But uh, you know, other other movies with similar like spiritual themes, we got we got to find something. Of yeah, his, you know, we did the Keanu one. Is that Pacino? That's Devil's Advocate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did yeah. that a year or two ago. With Maybe our guest has an idea. I can see the thoughts brewing in his mind. He's- Maybe Al Pacino joins the MCU and he's the new oh, Magneto. Finally. <laughs> Now, listen. Or the new Xavier. Yeah, I'm listening. What's up? That sounds good. I'm listening. (laughs) Uh, We are here to talk about X-Men, an episode, one episode of the animated X-Men series from the 1990s, an episode called Nightcrawler uh, that was heavily influential for a lot of people, including our very special guest who we need to introduce right now. Thank God that played when I clicked it, because that has not been happening for me lately. (laughs) Friends and folks, he's a writer. You may know him from his substack, The Cluster Hug. Give it up for Tyler Huckabee. Returning to the show. (laughs) It's so good to be back. Welcome back. No other podcast that I've been a part of ever has a, a, like, intro that gets me as jazzed as you guys do about being a part of it. The... the, (laughs) The drop is like so. I can't live up to the drop. Like I can't. Like nothing that I have. Like that was the high water mark of this yeah. episode, and my at least of my contribution to it. Um, so I, I get like I get I get so excited about myself, and then I'm like I've got nothing. I'm just a guy. I don't. I can't. Well, you, <laughs> the Twilight we, we needle do drop just, a just guy. doesn't <laughs> do me just, Like I don't. He's do it just justice. Tyler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, she's Caroline. He's just Tyler. I mean, we do try to structure this podcast kind of like up, where everyone remembers the first. 10 minutes in the beginning of Up and yeah, yeah, really yeah, loves yeah, that yeah. part. And then the rest well, of it was yeah. like, eh, <laughs> Mission fine. accomplished. There was a dog. <laughs> yeah, a dog flew a plane. <laughs> Let's get you to bed, Grandma. It's time. Uh, gracious for that final sweet slumber. Welcome I back, buddy. S- it's good to be back. No, it's really good to be here. It's been, it's been, I don't think, I think the last time that I made an appearance on this podcast was I don't Caroline, I don't even think you were here because me and Kevin, you were gone or something. Oh, you were you were on yes. leave. When the Caroline's it, away, the boys don't the boys play. play. Yeah, yeah you had a Bruce Springsteen. We had the Bruce oh, podcast. I was so, which was so, so fun. sad. I missed that. You didn't listen to it, did you? Oh, I listened to it five times. It was what, so were my, so... what were my if if you were if you're a true fan of that episode, name yeah, three Bruce Springsteen songs that I mentioned. I don't even remember. You, I, I don't yeah, you were like, oh, American Jeans. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. It's my favorite. It's, it's Pizza song, Factory yeah. Night. Pizza <laughs> Factory? Wait, not even Spaghetti Factory. <laughs> and Pizza Factory. Let's be nice to the Jews. I think that was the first time. <laughs> let's be nice <laughs> to the Jews. Wow. That was his awareness song. Incredible memory. Didn't Incredible. Yeah. And every artist it was has like social an commentary. awareness. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's when, when, when I told when you really I gets, When Bruce really gets into the issues, that's when he really his he sweet shines. spot. Yeah. His sweet spot is I know. Yeah, is, is dealing is, is is Jewish advocacy. In in a way, American Skin is is sort of that song. Uh, you know the oh, the song whoa, he we're wrote. Really getting into it. That's I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah, twenty three yeah, yeah. years ago. Yeah. I mean, that was about yeah. one incident, but that's about prejudice. And racism the world around. That was so. the sequel okay. to Guess the what, song. Guess what, Caroline? You were trying to dunk on it, and, and he, he beat you to the punch. <laughs> no. I bet, I, bet you feel, I bet you feel silly. I do. Yeah, do you egg, egg on my face. Do you have something to say to me and Tyler? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I don't know why I ever made fun of that. <laughs> and by the way, American jeans rips. Like your jeans rip, actually. <laughs> Wait, is that a real song? American. No. Okay. <laughs> American. <laughs> no. He only has one American song. He has American skin, right? I think that's it. Only one song with Ameri- like American, American noun. title. Yeah. American blank. Yeah. Um well, hang on. it's that's more of a movie uh yeah, device. I think it's so. like if you want your movie to sound really sort of prestige and highfalutin. Right, Take right. any noun and put the adjective American in front of American it. American history X. American hustle. American uh, beauty. American, American horror story. You know, that, oh, yeah. that's how you know. That's really good. The prestige. really good stuff is American horror story. <laughs> American <laughs> fiction. Inclusive, inclusive accepting content. Ooh, yeah. American horror story franchise with Ryan Murphy. You, you Famously, don't follow any of that all stuff, are welcome though, here. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's so scary. That show is terrifying. I yeah. tried to watch it one time and I was like about to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever watched it? Yeah, I watched all seasons one through three. You I did? Think that's I sure as much did. as I've, I think that's as far as I got into it too. I'm not really a Ryan Murphy guy. I've tried, but I'm not, he, I'm Sometimes not the target works. audience for him. Yeah. I think he's like Tyler Perry for white people. I think I've seen <laughs> someone call him that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this isn't good, but uh, you're, you're sure making a lot. Scratching of it. some kind of itch. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of religious names. I'm more of a Jessica Lang man than anything else. And oh, that's true. I mean, yeah, it was sort of for a few years. American Horror Story was the halfway house for uh, my demographic of actress to go to. Kathy Bates, Jessica oh, Lang, sure. yeah, people yeah, of yeah. that ilk would go on the show. Connie Britton, they'd go on the show and and have. Angela Bassett was on there, mm. famously, and she did a lot of things. Um, you know, so Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Woo. Yeah. Emma yeah. Roberts. What do you got? Okay, here here's uh, speaking of other tweets I saw. I saw one today, Caroline. I, I want I want your take. And I, I want to bring you into this conversation. Uh, and you know, we're in the midst of this right now and we don't know anything. So don't sue us for defamation or libel. Anyone. Don't sue us. Please don't. <laughs> we can't, we literally can't afford it. I saw a tweet that said, Joe Jonas seems like the kind of evil that specifically only guys who are raised super Christian. Are. <laughs> <laughs> That's in funny. reference to sort of the brouhaha, the very ugly back and forth, right, right, the right. public divorce, the suing, the lawsuits, the children. There's breaking news like every single day of mm-hmm. this divorce. It's crazy. But I'm how is this about from, our I'm podcast. a little removed from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a little removed from that. So I, but I'm, my understanding is that the, I can't, the Game of Thrones girl, what's her name? I'm sorry. Sophie Turner. The former, Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner has left Joe Jonas and now there's kind of an ugly custody situation going yes. on. Is that is that right? Yeah, it was a Based it on was, our limited intel? 
Yeah, well, they like, uh, Joe started feeding stories to TMZ that Sophie's like an absent mother. Then the divorce announcement happened. Then they issued a joint statement of like, we have mutually decided the divorce, divorce, et cetera. Then uh, Sophie went to dinner with Taylor Swift mark that and then the next <laughs> day twist. sophie and they are shot and you know photos together then the next day sophie uh this is today actually as of recording filed a lawsuit against joe saying that they had agreed all their kids would live in england with her when they were done when she's done filming um he has he's like taken their passports and is like basically holding them hostage and that she found out about the divorce in tmz with everybody else and to me, crazy. I think we can all agree this is just the inevitability of what happens when you take your promise ring off. And all awesome of learned. this happened because he didn't keep his promise ring on that said true love waits. <laughs> and it all could have been avoided if he had stayed the straight and narrow path. All that, yeah, uh, all that fornication. That he was walking that one time that I saw him outside of Chipotle on Sunset and Vine. <laughs> <laughs> after church. That and we he both didn't listen to. to you. He did When you called out to him. <laughs> He was like, hey. <laughs> you tried to give him some accountability. <laughs> I'm one of you. <laughs> You're one of me. They're from Texas, too, so the list of parallels go on, right? Right. I think so. Small town, little Texas. Yeah. Oh, oh. there's no <laughs> you know smaller one, you know town than the state of Texas <laughs> in America. <laughs> it's kind of the biggest collectively small town we've got yeah, in the U.S. Like, no matter how big... A city in Texas gets it's still kind of a small town, right? Oh, that's my yeah. that's my understanding as a non-Texan. You know, I'm not, I've I, with all due respect to the people of Texas, I haven't spent a whole lot of time there, but it does seem like they really pride themselves on being the the like outsider, the like little town. Like we're just we're just we're just a bunch of like we don't really get what the big fancy city people are doing, even if they live in Dallas or something oh, or yeah. Houston or something yeah. like that. Am They're I like, right? We're, and... a, we're a bunch of little rascals, you know? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you guys live there all your lives. You just know the people <laughs> yeah, we're so picking up well. on the vibe. Gracious. <laughs> no, the, Joe, a... the Joe Bros, the Joe Bros I care like they they were homeschooled, so I feel a lot of solidarity with them there. It was I never yeah. really listened to them, but it was hard not to root for them until it was. And and then I kind of had to with with goodwill and and all the graciousness I have kind of let them go on their own journey, which feels at this point pretty separate from the collective homeschool community at large. It's that's hard when they one of your own turns their back on you. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you did gain Olivia Rodrigo. Did you know that she's a homeschooler? She was kind of like homeschooled, she, right? And then there's a song on her new album called "Ballad yeah. of the Homeschool Girl," which I, I was excited about. But it's kind of it, it's kind it's. It's derogatory. Like I thought it was going to be a presentation, <laughs> and then it ended up being about how. Yeah, I really thought it was going to be about like how <laughs> much fun it is to be a homeschooler, but it was actually about. Like, <laughs> Once again, Olivia disappoints. Slander. You know? <laughs> well, her. I was pretty. Really. I thought it was going to be huge for the community, and because like, you're still you know, pro homeschool, you're like this. Listen, I just want to see. It's just like to see yourself in media. Yeah. And until it's that. not. But. That's the thing. I mean, Billy, Billy Eilish was a homeschool kid too, right? I feel like it doesn't count if the celebrity is homeschooled exactly. because they became famous when they were literally a teenager. 
Yeah. Like if exactly. they were homeschooled and then got famous when they were like 20, 21 and weren't living on sets their whole childhood. Yeah. Like that feels like a, a very different homeschooler than like you two. Because I wouldn't be, hey, <laughs> hey, woo, woo, woo. I wouldn't no, claim like, yeah, yeah, Maude Apatow is one of us, you know, for example. <laughs> exactly. It's true. Like there's there's celebrity homeschoolers who are a celebrity by necessity because they're too busy on set to go to like normal person school. And exactly. then there's people like, Kevin and I, and we were, we're the real ones. We, we really yeah. like. You were just we really exercising your freedom of choice. Ah, I love <laughs> I love Billy, and I'm not trying to create some sort of. I'm not trying to gatekeep the homeschool community. This no, isn't no, like no. a crazy purity All test. Welcome, but she's not. But but she's like kind of in it, but not of it. Does that make right. sense? Is yeah. she still in school? Like, is she still in high school? Technically, yeah, she's 15, right? <laughs> Wait, hold on. No, she's like 20. She is my concept of a young person. Yeah, she is. At this <laughs> she's point. the youngest person that exists. What you're striking on, Caroline, is like. Like the the distinction between Christian bands that are like we're a Christian band versus like a Switchfoot that's like we're a band. Yeah, we just happen to we're be not, Christian, yeah. and these are all people that happen to be homeschooled. Exactly, that and that's she, not real. And Billy is exactly. twenty one, so she should be out of high school unless she's on a really Ooh. long independent study program. She a gap when year. Homeschooled. When you're homeschooled, it's you graduate when mom and dad say you graduate. It doesn't really. <laughs> Take your time. I saw Billie Eilish at the Hollywood Bowl and she was raising money for her crew mission trip. <laughs> <laughs> In between, they just stopped the set. And she was just fundraising. They did a car wash for a long time. It was odd. <laughs> Gracious. So yeah, uh, shouts out, thoughts and prayers to all the homeschool and past yeah. and present We're all and future. Going through it right now. It feels yeah. like the brand is taking a hit though. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was the brand ever strong? It was. It was. It was I'm with at least Caroline under the radar. One. No, I'm not. It was under the radar. Was, you were unbothered before. Well, well, here's what it was too. We're unknown. Is is you know we all most people think 2020 was a bad year for most of us, but the thing that was maybe interesting about it for people like Tyler and I. This is a good point. Is that hey, now you're all yeah. Welcome to my us. world. Yeah, you're all <laughs> a part of welcome the community. to my to hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped. <laughs> oh my in god! Here. Yeah, exactly. that's right. <laughs> that's right. I've been. Um, I don't know why, but TikTok keeps serving me these videos of teachers talking about what's going on in schools this year. Oh, and I last saw year. a very depressing one today. Yeah, and they're like, the kids are not okay. They're like all misbehaving, and like the principal's office literally can't hold <laughs> seventy children who are all like, you know, have surpassed steps one, two, and three of consequences. So like. They're just a mess after what they went through. And that's homeschool's effect on the community. <laughs> not, a, not a worldwide pandemic. It's homeschool's effect particularly. I mean, you draw a line. Ah. They're reading at, you know, a kindergarten level at, and 12th grade and everything. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> kind of reminds me of someone I know. All right. <laughs> now, just because I never technically took an English class after the eighth grade doesn't mean I don't know how to read. I've been reading that Jesus and John Wayne book for the last three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you're dedicated to books in a way most people aren't. You'll read them for years and years. <laughs> you are a published author, though. So I got to chapter four. What's in that? In a real newspaper, so that does count. Oh, that's true. Uh, the real newspaper Caroline's referring to is... The Washington My Letterbox. Post. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. The 
watched Which it the al- most. That was a huge moment for the homeschool community. That was huge. Community. That was a cultural... It's a banner shook, year. They didn't claim you, you, you when that was published. the foundations of culture. That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> Weren't you published there as well, Tyler? In the, in the Washington Post? In the yeah, Post? I got a, I got, I got a byline there. Hey, hey. I got a couple bylines what, there. What about... So they just hand those out like candy? Wait, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the disgrace Washington Post. <laughs> the failing oh, nice. post. The failing WAPA. <laughs> Did you see that Rodrigo speaking of her? And then we'll close the Rodrigo loop. She does have a letterbox and she is active on it. Oh yeah. Is she Wait, good? Is How's she... your taste? Does she have interesting did she watch? I haven't I mean it's offensive, you don't know. so it's not Oh, we don't know when it's it like oh, what Margot okay. Robbie's was before people found that because yeah, yeah, she yeah, was yeah, on yeah, it yeah. for a while okay. under the radar. But no, I want her to enjoy her life and make those lists that no one else oh, yeah, can I'm, see. I'm rooting for her. Like I, nice time. despite the despite the slight to the homeschool community. If nothing you're else, a, we we're we're a community of second chances. You are. You're a forgiving group. I'd like to. You have no choice. Famously. Hey, <laughs> you have no. Ch- <laughs> you can't be isolated any further. You need to welcome everyone you can. It's a pretty this wide. Is, yeah, it's a pretty big tent. This is a different <laughs> dynamic than what usually happens on the podcast, where it's like you know I kind of have hit me energy, and then the guests and Caroline end up sort of and Dexter, yeah, dunking on my ass, and Dexter dunks on my ass as well. This is interesting, where it's like there's more of us than there are of you, but it feels like you are higher in the power dynamic. Exactly. I have then, the strength of many. <laughs> I know the food chain. Yeah. Barack Hussein Obama's education behind you. Wait, what year did you graduate high school? 2009. 2009. Okay, so it was Obama's first yeah. term. Wow. Terrible year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. 06. So it was it was Pres Bush years for sure. Hurricane Katrina just Lucky. happened. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had something to look forward to. Yeah, we sure did. Years of economic prosperity. <laughs> There's that homeschool education. <laughs> Damn it. It's so easy. It's so easy. We watched that. Do you remember that, Caroline? A, a year and a half ago, we watched that God's Not Dead. That was specifically about how homeschooling is under attack yes. in the country. Uh, yes. It was the courtroom drama one. And it's let's one, just it's say- It's not the first one. It's one of the latter, the late stage- Yes. The franchise really, really really fell off a cliff after the first one. It did. I thought so too. It's like after that first Predator movie, Predator 2, <laughs> Predators, The Predator. I don't, I don't need yeah, it. Yeah. I'm yeah. a God's Not Dead number one purist. Uh, I'm pure flicks. Oh, thank you, Dexter. Well, Tyler, uh, what's up with you? What's new? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, a seamless I'm, transition. Well, how well, it is it, it is an honor to be uh, back on this podcast. One of you know, my I, I I don't play favorites, and I don't I don't know if this is like a you should say this or not, but but one of my favorite podcasts. You know, wow. Always is like so much fun to be to to be here with you guys, and uh, and I don't mean this is a slight to any other podcast, but but when, when I get a text from from Kevin about joining, I'm like. I'm like clear my schedule. I say oh, yeah. to myself uh, that it, it is so time nice. we gotta we gotta jump on here. So <laughs> clear yeah, the things are good. Things, I think since last time I was on, I've I've been to France. Uh, yeah, my I sorry the my two dogs just showed up here. I just got a second dog. I'm this is now a two Whoa. dog household, so that's exciting. Uh, we we what just added. Deal. We've had Willie for a long time, and now Ozzy 
is also a part of my life here. Uh, space. Me and my wife brought Ozzy in, so that so that's pretty exciting. Ozzy um, is he named yeah. after anyone in particular, like famous she, Christian Ozzy? Ozzy, oh, excuse she, me. Yeah, that's okay. That's that's fine. She so it's like Ozzy and Harriet. I, is this going to be? I'm. I'm not. Her name might be a problematic thing, and I don't want to be. You know, I. I don't. This. I don't want to be canceled from good Christian fun. Oh no! But, but she. She is so skinny. She is like such a like. She's all bones, and so Ozzy is short for Ozempic, and that is just <laughs> why we. That's how she got her name. <laughs> no, you won't be canceled. We just got. I, I meant to tell you, Caroline. We got. You should have named her Caroline. We got a. We got a email from Headgum, and we actually just got, secured the Ozempic mid rolls for Woo! all of Q4. Oh, that's great. Finally, oh, we huge. can get our stash. <laughs> we start Dexter Providence. on it next week. <laughs> Gracious! I know the last time you were on the main show, because that was my last memory. Is, is we talked with you? Isn't it funny? You've never. You've done this podcast like five times and never in person. <laughs> Is that crazy to think about? That is true. Yeah, I mean, you, most of your people. We we since I think since I've last been on here, Kevin, you and I actually met in person when Finally, I was in California. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we had a great time, and uh, and Caroline, I I don't know where you, I don't know where you were. I, I, don't, I don't know where I was. You yeah, you weren't invited. Conveniently um, out of town. Yeah, you only <laughs> exist on a screen to me, Tyler. So I know, but ways. it is good. But I feel like I feel like <laughs> things are different now. We've entered kind of a new era of our friendship. Yeah, it, and uh, so yeah, things are things are really good. I, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I do it, feel like if, really if Caroline met you in really. person, she would say, "Hi, I'm Caroline. So nice to meet you." <laughs> hey, <laughs> as has been the history don't, with. Don't bring this up. <laughs> I'm You've talked about it on the show. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> There's oh. been a few people we've had on the show that she's introduced. You've introduced I feel yourself. So too. bad. I, I don't get... think that would happen with me. I don't think no. so, Caroline. Not after I, five we're... or six times. After no. this oh. time, I think I'll finally. <laughs> this is the one you. that clinched <laughs> it. We frosted the Rubicon. <laughs> this was memorable. This is very exciting. <laughs> oh, I did have a real question. I did. I did. I actually yeah. did have a real question. Last time you were on the show, by the way, we talked about this was like two. Yeah, two years ago, we talked about Julian Baker. Which yeah. uh, you and I kind of geeked out about, and Caroline said, "Not for me." <laughs> Once again, uh, yeah, uh, which is fair. Uh, but 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 oh, but I was gonna say, I think since the last time you were on the main show, uh, you stopped working, writing full time for Relevant, started doing your yeah. Substack, and yeah. kind of uh, following your own thing and uh-huh. paddling your own canoe. Do you feel like the the fact that like now that you're not writing within an infrastructure where it's like, well, we have these interests and this does well on the website and blah, blah, blah. Now that you're not like having to serve that with everything that you're doing writing wise, that you're thinking about things differently. Like, how do you feel like your writing's changed now? It's like, I can write about literally anything I'm interested in and just like push it out to everybody. Yeah, I do. I do think it's changed. I think I had been there for a long time and built up a lot of, Things that I kind of wanted to that I that I was interested in writing about, inter- interested in exploring through writing, but relevant just wasn't the platform. You know, relevant has it has its beat, and either I, I I knew that that just wasn't really relevant was really the place for that, or sometimes was told like Tyler, nobody's interested about this weird interest of yours, that, like, <laughs> like, like the, the not this is not our audience thing. So I so with. Through my Substack, I do think I've been able to explore a lot of new things and some new types of writing and some new areas that I probably didn't get to do as much through Relevant, which is very, very gratifying. Um, 
And uh, but I but I think that you can still see, I don't think it's like a, been a dramatic shift in a or like mm-hmm. a hugely dramatic shift. It wasn't like a BCAD situation. I think people yeah. who've followed my career at Relevant probably can still tell that it's me when I'm writing on Substack. Maybe just because I get a little more. There's probably there's maybe like some things that I feel able to explore mostly in the like nothing super serious mostly like honestly fun stuff that I'm like mm-hmm. this is something I'm kind of interested in, or this is a band or a movie or or something like that that uh that I wasn't able to explore or d- relevant didn't really have a spot for that I sure. can do now um, and that's been that is really fun and really enjoyable and sometimes it is I feel like <laughs> people who have followed me for a while are maybe a little mystified by why are you uh, like why are we right this isn't really why Substack is hard because you don't know why people are following you like mm, what are yeah, like, you when people what, subscribe to Substack yeah. what are they expecting um, are they expecting like just me as a person to write what I'm interested in or do they think I have a certain beat uh in the same way that they would if they followed like Teen Vogue on Twitter or something like that like uh, do they are the curveballs yeah. interesting for them? Are people following me for like kind of like progressive Christian talk or are they following me for like nostalgic CCM stuff? You guys probably find feel this way too sometimes and in, in the subjects that you pick up for uh, good Christian fun. Like today's episode, subject of today's episode, by the way, could be a little bit of a left turn for some people, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping that by now most people who follow me at least trust me enough to be like, all right, I don't know why we're writing about this, but I'm willing to, I'll, I'll give it a couple of paragraphs and see how it goes. And sure. Just like Sully, we know he's going to land the plane. Well, <laughs> 145 <laughs> souls on that flight. The only lives lost were the geese. Yeah. Any wish he'd have done in July. I Yeah, I mean, there are pieces, and, and I, I've subscribed from the beginning. To your substack. It's essential that. reading for a GCF host. I think oh, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Which is that's, us that's huge. I'm going to put that on Yeah, we reference and crib it often. Yeah. <laughs> that is your <laughs> you that's take, actually true. Take them. Take them. That's great. I don't know that if substack great. needs blurbs, but we'll do that. <laughs> I would love, I love it. I'll, I'll tell, I'll just, I'll just bring it up with friends. Have you ever uh, given yeah, a blurb, yeah. by the way? It's so fun. I have, I have not. I have been asked to give a blurb, but I have not, and you not actually done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, sorry. Yeah. A blurb denier. He denied the blurb, George. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you I know, like bl- the, blurb, the blurb economy now is kind of like under scrutiny and people are like, oh, I didn't actually read the book or... Or oh, like student, and I was like, I don't really want to be one of those guys. Oh God, what was the Gospel Coalition thing? Where that was the yeah, whole deal? That guy, that whole thing, and this was well before that. But but that was a like a bunch of like Christian pastor guys blurb this book on sex, and the book came out, and it was like it was psycho shit. And no, a lot of the pastors yeah, were we like, oh, I didn't actually, oh, I didn't actually, that. like a few guys said, <laughs> truthfully or not. Uh, but I kind of think they've. I, I've. I would suspect they were being honest. They're like, I actually, I didn't end up reading the book at all. I just blurbed. I just said I mm-hmm. liked the book, and, and yeah, that's you know, the lesser I don't need sin. that. On, I don't need that on my conscience. Uh, but yes, yours is one of the only subsects I actually read when I get it. I'm subscribed oh, to like oh, 20. <laughs> Whoa. And uh, yeah, yours is that one of the, the thank two. You oh yeah, the piece that. on why Taylor Swift is our is this generations bruce springsteen felt yeah. yeah that was kind of that was that was for the real bruce heads yeah oh yeah K- 
Kevin had to like recover after reading that article <laughs> for a few days. Well, you know what's funny? I mean, because because uh, well, we you talked are... about this. I think we texted about this. How we? Oh yeah. Because we both went to the Eras tour. Mm-hmm. And All we both left, did. I think, pretty impressed. You were yeah. there to oh, wow. you, you do see yeah, it, Caroline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I did. we had a good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, it was probably. I think I don't. I don't. You can say what you texted me. I don't want to like put words in your mouth or anything. But you were like, it's one of the few shows I've seen that was on the Springsteen yep. level, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like one of the only I, ones. Yeah, Everyone else is like, eh. yeah, yeah. No. Even, I I can't I think time. of. I maybe Arcade Fire, the disgraced Arcade Fire, would compare, but uh, we're not endorsing not, their not endorsing their behavior. Not now, or their new album, even before. Yeah, yeah, it's I been a like, while. When all that really unsavory news came out, I was like, "Well, the new album was bad." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, well, I can." I, it's yeah, your I can. it's your old meme about how like I was never into them anyway. Oh yeah, I never actually liked. I them. always knew candidly, truthfully. Aw. Oh gracious! Hi, Ozzy. Very well. Um, yeah. yeah, I get you. I get you. No. Do you feel well, like you do, do, doing the Substack has changed the way that you receive feedback from people? Do people feel like more of a direct line to you now to talk about some of this stuff? Yeah, I think so. I think that there is sort of a... Um, um, you know, there's not when you when you're when you're writing for under a masthead for a company that is a that's almost a shield. Uh, if you say something that people don't like or get mad at, you can just kind of hand wave it away as like, well, that oh, was sure. you, know, yeah. you know, that's not that was my name maybe was on it, but that's not really how I yeah. how I actually feel. Which I don't think I ever. I hope I hope I didn't ever have to like kind of take the. Take the take the coward's way out from a take uh, that doesn't recall. I don't recall. I've never. I've been pretty lucky. I've never had like a big cancel moment. Like people yeah. have gotten mad sometimes, but it's never been a thing yet. It'll happen. You've never someday. had to be like, sorry, that wasn't me. That was Jonathan Relevant. Take never it up. Never had with to do old. that. Yeah, I never had to do. I never had to do like the video. I never had to do the Ashton Kutcher Mila Kunis. I never had to be like. Guys, well, the last few days have been crossed. the hardest. I hope to God uh, none of us uh, ever have to do the Ashton Kutcher <laughs> Mila Kunis. I mean, you say it, knock on wood, man. I feel like, you know, it'll it, it could come Only for all of us. Line and me honestly, up on a wall when it like comes, I'm, I'm going to embrace it. That's going to be my cue <laughs> that it's time to get off it. social media. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. Or maybe just I'm double gonna, down and go, t- enter my Ben Shapiro era. Like, go yeah. like go full into the like. Well, the, if the woke left is going to cancel me, then they don't deserve me. And yeah. enter my free speech is is Hell the, the, yeah. like, and God's then that's country. my ticket. That is my ticket out of here. That's yeah. going to be. I'm on easy street from you there. You can retire on early. I'm gonna I'm gonna Airbnb a lavish mansion to record the apology video at, <laughs> so it does not look the, humble at from right, the pool. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> on a pool floaty. That's right. <laughs> with the martini. It will be like a cribs slash apology video. What's up, guys? Welcome. Also, this isn't who I am. This doesn't reflect me. Uh, gracious. Well, we could talk to you about this all day, but we need yeah. to talk about some X Men. So let's. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. Come on, let's go. Do you think Stephen Curse Chapman ever watched X-Men? Do you think he would have enjoyed that? Oh, yeah. Ooh, sure. Uh, I don't know. You know, I remember the other day that he's weirdly the voice of Baloo in that Chippendale Rescue Rangers yeah. movie with Andy Samberg. That's, that's great. Why did that I lo- happen? I love that. I love that factoid. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> it's it's it, it it's inexplicable to me. It is. It's, he's it's not a so crossover s- name. No. <laughs> no, it didn't launch like a voice acting career of any kind. To my knowledge, <laughs> he has voiced Baloo the Bear, and that's it. Yeah. That's the extent of his voice acting career. And also, he's he's Stephen Curtis Chapman. It's so great. <laughs> it's great. Why did that happen? And he doesn't, only- like, he doesn't, like, have young kids. Like, sometimes that's why celebrities do it, you well, he know? he has older kids now, probably. But they do it celebrity for, like, oh, in, for my four-year-old. Would we call him a celebrity? Like, he's more famous than me. <laughs> yeah. I he's yeah, more famous than you. a generous term. He's more famous than me. Yeah. Is he more famous than Caroline? I don't know. I don't know. We might be on. That's a high bar. It's a high bar. But I do Publish love, he seems like he's really proud of, of being, being the voice of Baloo. And I really love that for him. I have nothing but goodwill. For Wait, what did Stephen he say Bird, about it? Does he just Stephen like Curtis. talk about it a There's lot? There's like a TikTok or something where he's like kind of like freaking out when he's watching that Chip and that <laughs> yeah. Dale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wouldn't? I would. So if cute. I was in that movie, it's, I, that's how I would lead every conversation. He's like, hey, guys, I'm Baloo. Can you believe it? <laughs> No, here it is. Oh, it's on his Facebook. Wow, yo, man, it's you, Baloo. Nice to meet you. Man, that guy sounds familiar. Baloo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very sweet. Stoked. <laughs> it's very sweet. Baloo. We right. bought a Baloo, but we're not talking about the animated property. We're talking about freaking X Men. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, we do have. So little time to cover so much <laughs> here today. Uh, as far as X Men go, because because you this this is your ballywick. This is your field. As much as we, this joke, is pretty much my yeah yeah. This would be my identity field of expertise. <laughs> yeah, pretty like this is my field of expertise. I feel like Caroline, you've really uh, shied away from the how would you call it <laughs> the Marvel descriptors about yourself in the last. Mm. Pretty much post end game, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, nah, this oh isn't yeah. Really. I you know I'm I remain open to it. Like mm. I'm always open to the new Marvel movies coming in and knocking mm. my socks off. Like I go see them. Are you gonna go see the Marvels with Brie Larson? Yeah. You, you know what? The Miss Marvel series I thought was really fun and, and good, and it. she's in it. Yeah. So literally that alone will get me in the theater. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Brie Larson. It won't be you. But who said playing with your food couldn't be fun? 
<laughs> do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? I I got the reference. I, 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 All okay. right. There's this. Tweet. I I do I do. Oh, go ahead. I'm it's just very funny. Playing a tweet on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Her social media brand. I think there's. Just, I'll just say there's no one doing oh, it like her. Oh, is this like a caption of hers? Yeah. Okay. She does her, it all. She does it on her own. She, she's, she's in a making class a by silly herself. face while eating food. She says, "Who says food can't be fun?" <laughs> I guess. I guess the answer is nobody. You're said right, Bree. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> I do feel the need to, to distinguish here at this point the. When I talk about X-Men, yeah. I'm emphatically not talking about the movies, which I find to be a mixed bag at sure. best. Like the yeah. movies don't really, they didn't really do it for me. They have some highs and lows, but none of the highs are very, but the, the comic books. And all the highs you attribute part. to Brian Singer and his work. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. My hero. I haven't, I haven't, I I haven't Googled him in a while. I'm going to take a big sip of coffee right now and Google Brian Singer and see what he's been up to. But like the comics and then this show. And then the animated like series when I was a kid were yeah. like extremely formative for me. Yeah. The, 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 my, I started reading comics a lot. My dad gave me like his big comic collection when I was a kid. So I got very into like reading comics that were written in like the 70s and 80s, mostly before I was born. And that was kind of like my beginning of beginning of my journey with the X-Men and the X-Men comics have been the ones that have really continued with me up till now. Like I still read those comic wow. books when Aww. they come out on a monthly basis as yeah. a grown up. Can, can I give you my dumb guys, uh, understanding of what X-Men is as someone who's only absorbed it via like the movies I, and I, I whatnot. I can't wait. It's can't essentially wait. cause it is a Marvel property and it, and it's, it's, uh, it's essentially like a sort of allegory for marginalized people groups. Did that's it start good, in the 1960s? That's a great, yeah. You're you're on you're on the right track. I'm on the right path. What was that the the original the origin the formulation for it was that not like Stanley was like I care about marginalized groups. Let's make X Men, <laughs> you know. But maybe it I don't sort know. Sort of, it found its footing a little bit over time. Of uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby launched the X Men in the early 60s, along with like. Spider-Man and Hulk and Iron Man, like in the same in the same era as all of that. And it was one of their less successful, like Spider-Man was big, Fantastic Four was big, the Avengers were big. And then there was X-Men, which kind of like, it, it, it was not a banger out of the mm-hmm. gates. And it got canceled, like I think six or seven years after it can't like, it wasn't, it kind of like fell off and wasn't talked about anymore until the seventies, I think, when it was rebooted and that's when you get like Wolverine and Storm and kind of like the cool X-Men when people think of now, it was a way more international group. And this guy, this writer uh, by the name of Chris Claremont started to build more of a social awareness into it where the mutant, that they're mutants, right? And they're like good mutants and bad mutants. And the good mutants kind of had this like, Martin Luther King vibe to them and the bad ones had this Malcolm X vibe to them, which was a very 1970s white guy understanding of obviously of, of like sure. racial equality at the time. And, but even that got a little more complicated and nuanced in the ensuing years. So it'd be fair to say that, yeah, there's like a, and I think that's why it appealed to me a lot is because it wasn't like cops. It wasn't like the Avengers like showing up and <laughs> telling everybody to calm down and right. sending the bad guys to jail it was more about these groups trying to figure out their, you know, 
what does equality look like? What does justice look like? And the more convoluted the lines between who the good guys and bad guys were, mm. the more interested in those I got, which in the comics got pretty complicated. And sometimes you'd have X-Men on the good, on the hero side, be like, you know what? This Magneto guy is making a lot of sense and maybe we should, maybe actually I'm on his side now. And that wasn't really condemned in the text. Like that was seen as a very reasonable Mm. decision for them to make. And so they probably as like a 12, 13 year old kid, that was probably instructive for me about like social justice issues in a way that a lot of the stuff I was actually reading in my homeschool education wasn't necessarily. (laughs) Right. Yeah. When like there's characters existence is a crime their relationship to crime or to violence or whatever is really a lot more interesting than, like you said, the cops, (laughs) which are just like, (laughs) we enforce the law and the law is (laughs) neutral and good. And we all know that. Um, Uh So that's really cool. And that's funny that it wasn't until later that they were like, let's talk about this. We can bring this kind of real social story into the comic books and explain that. Is it fair to say that it's like the movies that really emphasize that piece of it like the allegorical marginalization piece of it i don't think so no i don't think so i think it was there and i think in some ways the movies were probably even uh more um more straightforward or simplistic about it than the comics would get Mm -hmm. sometimes i think there are some good there's there's x X x-men 2 the second one um has some pretty good moments where i think they kind of draw some parallels between uh, a kid coming out as quote unquote coming out as a mutant to a, like an actual coming out experience for a queer kid that I think actually works pretty well and is pretty effective. But the comics got there before the movies did and have continued to develop those ideas. And like any allegory, it breaks down pretty fast, especially in a comic book world. I am not emphatically not saying that this was a perfect representation of <laughs> that the mutants are the are great exp- of the, of like the queer experience or of the black experience or anything right. like that. But there have been a lot of interesting writings and readings of like the queering of the X-Men or something like that, which have deepened my appreciation now for them as a grown up in ways that I didn't see when I was a teenager reading them. And I think it's probably fair to say that it's helped. There's a big community out there who it's of marginalized people who are fans of X-Men who kind of saw themselves in some of these characters and uh, and that's helped me understand it a little better too. Just reading it as a as a person who has not been marginalized in any significant way, other than being homeschooled. Other than being homeschooled, homeschooled, homeschooled course, course, which homeschooled is experience. a horrifying <laughs> yeah. you know, world for you guys. <laughs> yeah, How exactly. I mean, from your memory of the comic books, the X Men, and I guess even this show before we get to the very episode we're about to talk about. Yeah. But how often? was like religion talked about in those comic books and like how often was it portrayed as like a good thing versus a bad thing? Fairly often. Jewish identity is pretty important in the X-Men comics, um, both as a, both as an ethnicity and as a religious identifier. This is something that does not come through in the movies, but Magneto is very explicitly drawn as a Jewish character. I think in the movies you do see him as yeah, a Holocaust him at a survivor. Camp. Yeah, That's you great. see him at the one that can't about that. Then he doesn't um, talk about it is, at all otherwise. And then, it, yeah, they just drop it immediately. Like that was, it's just kind of an inciting incident for him. But that is a very important part of his 
identity. And if people want to, there's Spencer Ackerman at, has done some really good writing about this at the Forever Wars uh, site. And you can, I would encourage people who are interested in this to go read more about this there. Um, other Outside of that, uh, that's the big one, obviously. Uh, other religions, there are some other, there, there's, there's some Islam, there's some Muslim characters, uh, one named Dust, and then Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, who's going to be in the Marvels movie, was just turned into an X-Men, an X-Man in the comic books. I don't, I don't think the movies are going to go there. So those are two like significant Muslim characters. Um, and then as far as Christian characters go, everything is sort of like vaguely coded Christian in pop culture. So you can make the argument that a lot of these people are (laughs) like, maybe like vaguely nominally Christian, but like Nightcrawler was the, was the only one who was like very seriously identified as a very staunch, deeply religious character early on. And, uh, and so that was part of the reason that as a kid, I was very attracted to him because I was not used to seeing, I was used to seeing like, people who weren't explicitly not Christian and you could kind of read Christianity into them if you wanted to, because that's a lot of pop culture when you're a kid. But then you find this guy, Nightcrawler, who's like, he's praying the rosary. The Bible. And he takes, <laughs> yeah, yeah he, ta- he takes like, he quote, he's like very, very serious about it. And as a kid, I was like, like a superhero who quotes Bible verses, like my mind w- exploded. Yeah, that would have melted my brain. Oh, if only you poor boys had known Bible Man when he was man. Yeah, that would have now. really melted my brain <laughs> that in a different been way. The ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a forty-five-year-old man? That's all I remember about Bible Man: his him screaming and the rain. Out oh, Willie, Willie Garson, Willie, no, whatever his name was. <laughs> Gracious, yeah. So this is an episode of the animated series from the nineties. Season four, episode eight, Nightcrawler, which they're bringing back. They're bringing this show back with most of the original voice cast next year. Really? On Disney Plus. And and if anyone wants to watch it, you can watch on Disney Plus. Or you can watch a little compilation on YouTube called Wolverine is a Christian. (laughs) 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 It's just all all the theological. uh, uh, We can maybe return to that. You would not see it coming. I'm surprised (laughs) that they're bringing all the voices back because the voices in this show are crazy. (laughs) And this is 30 years ago. This is from 1995. What you doing? I got to put something on more comfortable. Like that. So this is what I didn't, I didn't remember from the movies. Are most of the X-Men from down by the bayou? (laughs) The bayou or the Bronx? (laughs) They've got, they've got, in this, in this episode, you've got Gambit who's like a Cajun and he is like, now the comics do, and it's, it's very funny to read some of these comics because they sort of they will write the accents into the actual dialogue. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like, the way that Rogue talks in this in this cartoon, they, it's like, Shh. well, sugar, like they spell out, uh-huh. they, they like it's instead of er, it's a h. Yeah. Like it's yeah. very they really and it's bad. It's it's not it's it's really really hard to read sometimes <laughs> because. Every character's dialect accent comes through very clearly just in <laughs> the, the spelling of the letters. possible uh-huh. on all of them. The premise for this episode is that a lot of the X-Men are on vacation uh, going right? skiing. <laughs> they, they got a break. They, they, they took a little holiday. They and went to the German Alps. They, they, they're skiing 
One of them has an accent. Is it Gambit that has an accent? Gambit has like a bi- has like a Cajun. He's like from Louisiana. Uh-huh. And then you have Rogue, who's from the South, so she has a very Southern accent. Oh, a- then, an accident know, is what I meant to say. <laughs> Do I oh. say accent? An accent and an accident. One and, and the an same. accident. Yeah, and they have some sort of like there, there's like a yeah things go south. They wipe out, and then a bunch of monks from a nearby town find them and bring them in to heal them. Mm-hmm. Which is when they meet Nightcrawler, the titular Nightcrawler, who everyone in the town is afraid of. And he's got an accent too. Is that Transylvanian? It was giving a little <laughs> He has like a point. German, kind of like a German-ish accent. Yeah. And he looks he looks like a demon. Like he's got like blue skin and there's no pupils in his eyes. And he has a horned tail. So he's one of the mute like sometimes when you're a mutant in the X-Men, you're like it's not that big of a deal. Like you mostly look like a normal person and you can passing, I guess you would call it. But then some mutants just, it did not work out for them like that. And Nightcrawler is one of the ones who had a mutation that is, can't be hidden, like, yeah. which is why he goes to this monastery. He, he hangs out there because there are these like medieval Shrek, like <laughs> band, like <laughs> groups that are roving the countryside with torches and, and pitchforks. They're hunting him. him down. They want to kill him. You see that in a little cold open of, of the episode. Uh-huh. And so he's chilling in the monastery. And then one of the other monks messes with Gambit. And then uh, Storm, is it Storm? Rogue. Ch- Rogue, excuse me. Rogue, Rogue chases yeah. him down. It's, it's Nightcrawler himself. And then they get into like, all the theology of like, no, I'm I'm like, uh, you know, people are afraid of me. So I came and became a monk to find purpose. That's what I'm here to do. And, and they he get, launches, then like, yeah. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Oh, just he launches into like his whole theological perspective and Wolverine has his counter to it. And it's genuinely like interesting. They get pretty into it because Wolverine's very like, I don't believe in all that. God stuff like he's a very he's a he's a kind of a Richard Dawkins type figure in this in in yeah. that he he's Nightcrawler is extremely devout and he can't talk for more than three sentences without going full like doxology like like yeah. we all believe that God loves us and has a plan <laughs> for our lives and Wolverine's like ah <laughs> shut up y'all like he's he just and, and it's it was as a kid when you're watching this, you're uh, you're like you you didn't know this sort of stuff was allowed on TV, and it felt very strange to be going through it. Um, but it's also kind of the conversation I actually find to be even now when I go back to it, surprisingly uh, layered in some of its like it gives like both uh, both Wolverine and Nightcrawler are given a pretty fair hearing on their sides and Wolverine sure. brings up like the problem of evil and why yeah. would God let people do like such terrible things to me? And Nightcrawler kind of acknowledges that's a, that's a really good question. And that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. And like, you can tell Wolverine has thought about this. He's not just a hater for haters sake. And like, I think it's implied too that Wolverine used to be a Christian and, or was raised in faith at some point. And so he like knows these arguments and mm-hmm. has left it behind like for his own good reasons, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And we got a little clip of that conversation. None likes to be reminded of our shared human weakness, my appearance, 
does not make it easy. Don't it make you crazy? It did once, but then I found peace by devoting my life to God. He directed me to this place where they value the character of my heart, not my appearance. What are you talking about? We're mutants. God gave up on us a long time ago. No, my friend. God does not give up on his children, human or mutant. I'm there, he is guy. there for us in our times of joy <laughs> and to help us when we are in pain. If You're her. we let him. Don't give me that easy answer, garbage. I've tried. Don't you think I want that? I don't need a sermon from some circus boy preacher. Looks like you touched a nerve. I am sorry. I did not mean to upset him. What was interesting to me about the episode, too, is that you you get that perspective in it. You get uh, Nightcrawler's more devout, compassionate perspective. But then you also get the perspective of the other monk, who's a little more extremist in, in his perspective. He's more like, we need to cleanse and purify the monster of the evil. And then he ends up burning it alive. So it is, it's not even... Um, this is a, a battle of faith versus not, or this is like a godless person versus a person of faith. It's more just like this is like in within the the umbrella of the same faith. There can be this much discord and division and like divergent ideology, which I thought was interesting. Like, yeah, like faith can be corrupted mm-hmm. and and a savior. You know, there's gradients of devoutness and extremism throughout. Even in, like then you have Rogue, who seems like she's kind of like on the fence here between the two. She's like not sure what she believes, and then Gambit, who is an unserious person, and and I'm kind of a noted Gambit hater, so he he can <laughs> as far as I can as far as I'm concerned, he's an apostate, and and that's <laughs> that's fine by me. He's <laughs> a clown. Jeez. I like when they call him Gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> he, his name should have been Gumbo. <laughs> we got Rogue. We got Professor Xavier. Gumbo. <laughs> um, I was Harpo. really struck when night. By the way, Nightcrawler seems like he's living in an 1800s village, but the X Men are coming from like 80, 1987 with their like little suits and everything. Very fun. But um, yeah. when Nightcrawler at the beginning, you first kind of meet him. He's being chased by the villagers, like almost killed multiple times. Like they are trying to kill him and they almost catch him. And when he finally escapes, he's like out of breath and he's like, they know not what they do. And I was like, that's literally what Jesus Jesus said on the cross. On the cross. I was like, (laughs) that's kind of remarkable to me. One, to kind of suggest that Nightcrawler, I guess, has that level of martyrdom. But even the fact that like, they made that kind of reference. It wasn't just a vague, like biblical, you know, message. Like it vaguely was like, religious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we're gonna bring this attitude in of, of his like level of compassion for the village people, despite like the violence they bring in. And all the, the store. great music they brought us over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever the whatever bad things the village people did. <laughs> That's how he's able to forgive. <laughs> we them. have to remember all that they gave us as well. Forgiving our last president, yeah. his favorite song, Macho Man. <laughs> <laughs> Nightcrawler was also a part of the circus for a long time and I thought it was funny that like the circus wasn't his salvation, but the church was, even though he lived like most of his life at the circus before 
Which is interesting because most of us have the reverse trajectory where it's like, this church <laughs> thing isn't doing it. I got to go join the I got to run away. Yeah. I'm going to find a clown that? named Kevin. <laughs> hong, hong. <laughs> my dime with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Nightcrawler is very... And, and this, to be clear, this was your first exposure to the character was in the animated series. Or was I it in the comics? I don't know. I think that I had our, probably more or less simultaneously was like reading these comics, finding Night, who Nightcrawler was in there, and also watching this animated series. I'm not sure which came first. And also, let's not forget the old arcade game where that you'd used to put oh, a quarter sure. in. You could play Nightcrawler in there, but he does. there's not a whole lot of Catholic dogma in the video game as i recall so no there's actually a catholic a version of, of that you can buy or like to get to the next level you have to read three chapters <laughs> yeah. of doxology. you don't you don't you don't kill the bad guys you just convert uh, them to the to the church well because because this is just like a, an entree to what's so reflected in the comics in in the little poking around i did where they they really get into his whole deal O- yes. over a bunch of different issues. At one point, correct me if I'm wrong, in some of the later issues, does he literally die and go to heaven for a little bit? That, he does, yeah. Okay. Which isn't, God. most X-Men die at some point. That's okay. not okay. unusual. But, <laughs> but he, do most but X-Men, he, X-Men go on a short-term mission trip <laughs> to Africa? <laughs> he definitely, that comes up a lot. He definitely goes to heaven and then he like comes back because his, you know, his work isn't done in Very on cool. Earth yet. He, there's a point where the X-Men fight Dracula and he's like the only one who Dracula fears because he's so pure of heart that is, that when, like, I think if I remember right, and I want to become a Christian, (laughs) (laughs) I want to drink the blood of Christ in communion. (laughs) (laughs) Of that nature. So he's very, he becomes very, yeah, it's like an ongoing Thing with him he's a he he's one of the and he's like unlike a lot of like there are other catholics in comic but like daredevil is a catholic but daredevil is very tortured by his catholicism he's very like he's one of those kind of like always on the verge of lapsing catholics whereas Mm kind of like you see in in the show nightcrawler is like he's in he he's bought it hook line and there's not a there's not a whole lot of how can we believe that? Like, there's not a whole lot. He doesn't. He never goes through, as far as I can tell, a deconstruction process. We might say. <laughs> you you see Nightcrawler and some of the new issues. Like, okay, I'm checking out this podcast. Since liturgist, good Christian fun. <laughs> Maybe I should start my own. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Squarespace. Um, he doesn't do that. He's he's pretty steady with it. And you, you've written uh, you've written about this before, both for the for the old website relevant and then for your subsec. You interviewed the writer of I this did. episode. I tracked I tracked down the oh the, the writer of this change. episode. Oh, that was really fun. I uh, I forget what the circumstances were because I I, I it must have been a really slow day um, because this isn't the sort. This is a little off the usual beat. But I was curious about the writer of this episode. And ended up tracking down his email. His name is Len Ulhi. And uh, he 
wrote me back and was very happy to talk and remember this episode. He wrote a lot of cartoons. Like the guy, you know, if there, if it was an animated series in the nineties, did he write Garfield? On it, did he write on Garfield? Some, <laughs> you, you pull up his IMDb. Can, can you I don't track know. him down again? <laughs> <laughs> he wrote the famous episode. I just need to talk to him. <laughs> And he Jim goes to confirmation classes. His name's John, not Jim. <laughs> Jim Davis is the author. John is the guy Excuse on the show. Excuse me. <laughs> you dumb shit. <laughs> you damn shit. You damn you shit. Damn shit. <laughs> it's like when I snapped at Jossie for not knowing Odie's name. Oh my gosh. Odie. <laughs> Kevin Garfield's super fan. So pardon me. All right, we can we can move on now. I dragged, no, it's okay. I dragged him down. He was he was like he was really great to talk to. He was super nice. I remember one thing I remember about the conversation was him saying he turned in the first draft and they sent it back and they're like, we need more religion in this. You got to go deeper. Like oh. it's not it wasn't like Christian enough for. It them sounds like it wasn't to, a reflection of his worldview. It was just something that he was exploring. I don't know if he'd writing. put. It, I think he would say like, yeah, it was kind of he was interested in this. Yeah. But at, at least at that time, probably was not suit. And he also said he took issue with the YouTube video title, The Wolverine is a Christian uh, title. Oh, yeah. He was like, I don't know if I'd go that far. He, he kind of felt like maybe it was uh, like Wolverine was beginning a new chapter in his spiritual journey that didn't end up at full conversion yet so don't don't get your heart, heart hopes up about seeing wolverine in heaven because according to the writer of this episode it's not the, the deal wasn't sealed just yet we'll not see him there i was okay when i watched this my theory was that the x-men show had gotten like hate from some kind of like catholic you uh, know parents of young children's group yeah, that yeah, were yeah. like this is wrong, or this is like, you know, I don't know, demonic or so something. So they were throwing them a and bone? This was, yeah, this was like a response to get on the good side of the like religious right at the time. Well, but would a demonic like, show have a Catholic, <laughs> a Catholic demon? <laughs> would a demonic show literally in the same way as an episode of Seventh Heaven that we covered three weeks we ago? We have to talk about the ending. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, let me, oh, yeah. Let me oh, yeah. share the screen again. So everything works out. The monster burns down on Forge, uh, but then they go back to the city, and Rogue's like, I don't know if I believe all this stuff. Uh, <laughs> Does he have a cup of shrimp with, it, with their ice cream? <laughs> Sorry, I just noticed sure Gambit does. has a little. He does. Yeah, <laughs> he always has a little shrimp cocktail shrimp. and ice cream. You can take the man out of the bayou, but you can't take the bayou out of the man. Gotta have shrimp on hand. And they're talking like, I don't know if I believe all this and stuff. Deal you a full house or a busted flush? So she's walking down say? the street. <laughs> She's storming up. That's what how we end every podcast record. What if there is nothing else? I will give thanks to you, oh Lord. She walks into a church. With me. Your anger turned away and you comforted me. I will trust and will not be afraid. <laughs> the little <laughs> smile. I think everything's going to be all right. It's like, what in the focus on the family is happening here? He's like kneeled at the altar of this beautiful, probably it's... Catholic church, and he's reading the Bible aloud and like, yeah. As, as one does. That's how you do it. That's how the truly it, devout. It is so funny how much, in retrospect, Hugh Jackman sounds like him, too. Sounds yeah. like the voice. It sounds like Jackman's right. doing an impression of He's the greatest showman. Of him. <laughs> yeah. 
Which he was, there's a great, there is a great BTS story about that of originally, I forget the actor's name. It's the bad guy in Mission Impossible 2. That was supposed to be Wolverine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the first Philip Seymour X-Men. Hoffman? No. <laughs> oh, a mutant. I can't remember oh. his name. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, some guy. Oh, I, for, I forget Bobby his name. Malik. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been like 14. Um, but they had to do reshoots for Mission Impossible 2, the least liked of all the Mission Impossibles. I can't remember Lost this job. gentleman's name. And they like, oh, scheduling conflicts. Okay, how about this Hugh Jackman guy? This music theater guy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it was the time almost... wasn't like a, that was, he wasn't an act, like nobody knew who he was. He was like some Australian yeah, right? soap opera guy, I yeah. think. And no, he, he got the no lead part here. in this, yeah. Uh-uh, so and now look have... how far his career has gone. He's playing Wolverine again. Well, not anymore like, because like, he has forsaken his wife. Oh no! Oh, yeah, he can't be. He's a, he can't be a Catholic his, anymore. His nope. wife and his very normal marriage that I haven't heard a lot of weird stories about. Normal stuff and stuff he does in New York City. Um, ah, well, Caroline, do you remember? I will give thanks, <laughs> Caroline. We saw at least part of the Wolverine together. Do you remember this? Ten years ago at the three dollar theater on Colorado. Mm. Not oh yeah, that's, not Logan. But the Wolverine, the rated R one. I remember that well. It's in it's in like Japan, right? Yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like gobsmacked by how weird and bad it was. It was not not fun. There's something he does in that that we were making fun of for like a long time afterward. Does he say somebody stop me? (laughs) What does he do? I don't (laughs) don't remember. remember. Anyway, yeah, it was crazy. But this episode ends with Wolverine saying, "I will give thanks (laughs) to my God. (laughs) Oh Lord, I will." And, and Rogue's like, all right, man, whatever makes all you right. happy. Slowly backs out of the church. I'm wondering how many listeners we have that all would also resonate with this portrayal. And it's so interesting, too, especially given the context of Tyler, you interviewing the writer, that felt pretty irreligious, mostly, or, la- or yeah, like... Yeah, as I recall, and I have to go back, I hope I'm not misquoting him here, but I, I remember him saying he had like some religious conviction he wasn't like a you know he he was i don't know if he would say he was one of the nuns or anything like that right n-o-n-e-s one of the nuns but he was but i think he felt like maybe this was this was probably not like a total reflection of where he was at personally on mm-hmm. a spiritual level yeah it feels he like a, go ahead it was a pretty it was a, but he did a it was a pretty uh i would say for a saturday morning cartoon probably about as intellectual as you'd want to go with an eight-year-old eating their Fruit Loops uh, in their pajamas on Saturday mm-hmm. morning. I don't think you'd want to, I don't think they're ready for much more Augustinian theology than that at that point. You don't want to see a Nightcrawler being like, Wolverine, let me, have you heard of Tulip? <laughs> <laughs> what accent am I doing? You're, yeah, Dracula. Tulip. Yeah. <laughs> I want to tell you about, well, I'm still thinking about how cool it would be if Dracula was a Christian. <laughs> Because it's it's trading in one blood for another. It's beautiful. I mean, that was kind of Midnight Ass, you know? That's oh, true. his tight ass? Yeah. Yeah, his tight ass. Did you watch Midnight Mass, the Mike Flanagan yeah. show on Netflix? Yeah, 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 yeah I watched show. it. I watched it. I liked it yeah. a lot. I that demon great. loved to be at that church. He loved it. He was in there all the if time. I was, uh, if I was a demon, that would be my move. Oh, yeah. It's a smart move. Go in, go in, kind of like cosplay as a as a priest for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Get the, get, get, 
get 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 it all down, win him over. I did. He just didn't play it right. Didn't play his cards right. He was too great. He was too hasty. Spoiler spoiler alert. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> and there was, you know, how, like there's kind of creepy stories about the making of The Exorcist and other horror movies like that. There yeah. there were some weird stories about the making of Midnight Mass where everyone oh, got possessed they? with the demon of really long monologues. <laughs> <And> so every <laughs> single scene, it's like, oh, this isn't even descriptive. It's like five more Cast minutes. Him out. Cast Let's go. Him. <laughs> And and then the editors were possessed with the demon of leaving it in. <laughs> I'm not editing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. There's a new the one. Uh, Follow the in. House of Usher. What's that? The demon of leaving it in. The, that Can classic tempted that, that classic in. sin that is in the Bible. <laughs> Whoa. I think a Uh-oh. lot of people are guilty of the yeah, demon of leaving it in. Thank God Emma is. Good not Christian afflicted. fun after dark situation. <laughs> Wait, there's a new Mike Flanagan scary series coming. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah. Oh, it's a scary series, gang. Uh, this is my eight, this is my American horror story. Like, I gotta watch this. He's like, what if American horror story was good? Yeah. Like, that's all his shows. Oh, for sure. Are. But you're like but the, you're you're not a fan of the monologues, though. It 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 just bumped me in Midnight Mass, I think. And and specifically uh, that relationship between Saracen and sure. uh what's her name? His wife. Flanagan's yeah. wife. And the wife. And the wife. God damn it. Damn. Katie, Kate, I want to say. Katie, wife? I think Katie is right. I still think about you Im- imitating me on mushrooms at Taylor Swift and calling Laura Dern Mrs. Wife. <laughs> Excuse me, Mrs. Wife. I think about that. Yeah, yeah I thought anyway. they were a little long winded. The Father the House of the Usher is. No, I get you. It's an adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe stuff. Mm. So we're gonna get some Raven in there. Fun. We're gonna get some Bruce Greenwood. Uh, it's gonna be a good rollick and good time. I can't wait. We'll I can't see wait. If there's I'm any excited. Christians. I like him. I liked. I liked the uh, the Doctor Sleep movie that he did too. Oh I yeah, that was kinda, I did too. I, th- I thought it was a lot cool. of people didn't like it. I thought it was quite. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I watched it with a friend of mine who laughed out loud every time they showed uh, <laughs> Rebecca Ferguson in that top. Yeah. <laughs> The hat. Like she was about to start spreading the news. <laughs> Re- Rebecca, don't listen. Don't listen, Rebecca. Putting on the hat the was a good choice. I liked the hat. <laughs> I like that choice. The hat plays. I, I like the plays. hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, anything else we want to say about Wolverine becoming a Christian? About Night well, but she didn't, according to the writer. He didn't, didn't. He did not become a Christian, but he's definitely curious. He's a he's, he's a seeker. He's, yeah, yeah. He's spiritually curious. Yeah. The <laughs> the the only other thing that I is one thing that does that doesn't like come across in the cartoon or in the movie. He was played in the movie by Alan Cummings, uh, where he's also there's all, like a lot of Catholic. He's sort of depicted as a very devout, uh, but in the comics he's also like super fun. Like he's one of the few X Men who seems like he really kind of. Enjoys his life. He's not tortured. He he's like yeah. He's like he he like he likes to have fun. He likes to flirt. He kind of sees himself as like a Clark Gable type. He idolizes old movie stars and styles himself after them. Oh, weird. And uh, I think as a as a kid, seeing somebody who was both like very religious, but also had a lot of fun and didn't feel like either you had to choose between one or the other. I don't know if that I saw that anywhere else in no. pop culture or anything quite like that. And that was very affirming to me. And I felt like I probably saw something that I at least wanted to be. Maybe not. I don't know if I would call it representation, uh, but I would call it like aspirational in a way that very few other religious figures were in my pop culture diet 
at that time. I get that. Cause it's like what, what you're talking about is just a little model of something that's, it's not even, I'm going to reshape my life to try to become this thing or, or be this person, but just that this is a possible, a possibility right. and a potential path. And right. that there's latitude for personality of performance and individuality and your own character and color to shine through in the way that you're talking about, that it's not the idea of faith as a, a flavor enhancer rather than a flavor killer, <laughs> I guess, exactly. in the way that you're talking about it is interesting. Exactly. And something I find so interesting that it's so frequently portrayed and depicted by people who don't have any buy-in to the quote-unquote church in the sure. way that we're talking about. When, no when the people who are striving, like, you know, talking the Irwin brothers or whoever the hell, like, oh, we wanted this to be a three-dimensional blah, 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 blah. And it and it isn't. Usually it's it not, is. right? <laughs> um, and, and then you find it in Saturday morning cartoons or... Damon Lindelof a, a shows. Single, a single episode of a Saturday morning cartoon, yeah. Or yeah, I guess some Lindelof stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. And that was, uh, and that was probably just as an, again, as a kid, and I'm not, I'm not saying that this is probably going to change any of the very mature grown-up listeners of Good Christian Fun's life to go back and see this now. It might are. It some was, of our listeners. It, maybe so, but it was... <laughs> But it was, it probably, it's probably fair to say that at that time, it felt like I was giving me a level of permission that I probably wasn't getting from anywhere else. Yeah. yeah, That makes sense. I'm grateful for that. Well, I do feel like it's very Christian for him to be into old pop culture that's like probably clean. <laughs> oh, I like the Clark Gable stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. No sex sure. in a Gable movie. Is oh, I love babes see. like Rosalind Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's not going to be into like Buffy. <laughs> Maybe that's why his, his village seems so from like the 1800s compared to everything else. Maybe that's just he wanted it to as be far like as it's He's progress. just old-fashioned, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, gang, let's, let's wrap it up. Let's give it a roaster toast. Holy toast is a thumbs up. We send it to heaven. Where Nightcrawler's been before, so no, no bigness <laughs> to him. How much would that sucked if you like go went to oh. heaven, and then and then all of a sudden God's like, it you're not not yet. So, like you get just long enough to like figure out Turn how cool around. heaven is, and then well, you got to go back and keep it up. Literally, that's a whole season of Buffy, the aforementioned Buffy. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's if true. If we remember that, Holy Roast, we send it to hell, to hell. or Purgatory, which is. <laughs> I'm so vulnerable doing this all where Caroline can see the computer too. And she can also see a playlist that says Caroline interview. Oh yeah. Is that what you fed the AI in order to make me say like, eat my butt or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, bitch. <laughs> These are my clips. My clip show. That wasn't AI. That was you. <laughs> it was organic. Um, holy toast, you know, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, I will see you in heaven, my boys. <laughs> we will meet again. On the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was really fun and um, it's not super relevant, but I thought the colors and the styling of this show are so fun and beautiful and, you know, vibrant. Um, we didn't talk about how Rogue is absolutely stacked. I was like, this is... Oh, I didn't even know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This is like, a content warning for Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. 
that's all X-Men women. We're talking like watermelons. It's it's just like watermelons. Triple and then X like Church constantly spider. arching their backs, like whatever uh, position they happen to be in. I was like, good Lord. Um, I, just, I just have to tell you what you needed. Like if you were a superhero, if you were a girl, you need a superhero. It just <laughs> right. came with the territory. It's the battle stance. Um, you gotta have those and like long legs. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, I thought it was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot and I could see like totally being into this if I had like if this has caught me when I was a child I would have loved it I would turn to Tyler oh yeah I'll see I'll be I'll be Nightcrawler if you're out there I'll be seeing you in heaven my friend <laughs> Wolverine I hope you join us Gambit it is too late for you and, uh, <laughs> Gambit don't bother don't worry I like it where it's hot and swampy <laughs> down with it all got plenty of shrimp <laughs> <laughs> Holy toast as well. I actually agree with you, Caroline. There's something about the art style that made me feel safe watching it. The not quite 24 frames a second artwork and and that version of... Hand drawn. It felt 80s, but it was literally 90s. It was like 1995, 94, 95, I want to say. You get the impression the budget was a little... They spent a lot of money on those voice actors. (laughs) Didn't leave a whole lot left over for the self-frame rate. You can hear the money in the voice. I really hope they carry all the Christian themes on into the reboot oh, yeah. series that's coming Me out too. next year. Like the first yeah. scene of the first episode of the new one is him getting off his knees in the church. Like, all right. <laughs> Amen. Because, <laughs> that's kind of what launches in, it. In Jesus' the- name, <laughs> I pray to you. So I can't even do it. Oh, man. Very good. Uh, that's so funny. Don't. 65 inches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. I don't know what that's from. All right, we're bringing it down now. We're dimming the lights. We're lighting the candles in here, Tyler. Another shows you might promote yourself or plug your projects. We're not here to do that. We're here to lift them up to the Lord, including something in the secular culture. The last great thing we watched, saw, read, listened to, etc. Mm-hmm. We'll start with Caroline. You can lift me up at Caroline Sparts. I'm on Threads. I'm on it. I'm Gretchen, not posting. Gretchen's I'm trying to make Threads happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make threads happen. Tyler, are you on threads? No. I'm You're not. off Twitter, though, no? I'm off, yeah, I'm Blue Sky. I'm a Blue Sky guy. Blue Sky. I'm yeah, on Blue Sky. Been... Is what? it popping on Blue Sky? Uh, No, I just tweet about every dream I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm definitely staying off. Unfollowed. I have some pretty good dreams on there. I'm going to read them. <laughs> um, I got to see the haunting... In is it in Venice or of Venice? A haunting in Venice. In Venice, I think. Um, the in Venice, the new Poirot joint. Uh-huh. Uh, it was yeah. really fun. I liked it a lot. I had a great time. Um, Tina Fey has like cornered this character of being like a true crime fan. Like she did the same thing in Only Murders in the Building. She did. Oh, yeah. Who's kind of like preying on real people's problems. It's very funny. Um. But yeah, it was it was great. I had a good time. So if you're looking for something to go see, even with your family, and a little bit of religion in there too, gotta say there is there is. Okay, now we're oh, talking. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Oh, run, baby. don't walk. Run, don't walk. Get your get in your gondola to go see. I absolutely will. All it right, too. we turn it to. By the way, that last one, Death on the Nile, starring Army Hammer and Russell Brand. <laughs> Those are two actors. In Death <laughs> Can you imagine? They did not know. 
first. All eyes on Gal. <laughs> Gal. Only Gal can save us now. All right, we turn to Tyler. Um, I recently finished uh, a novel called Gone to the Wolves. It's by John Ray. It is set in the uh, the metal scene, the nascent metal scene in Florida in the late 80s and early 90s. I'm not a big metal guy, uh, but I really, really enjoyed the book a lot. My wife Liz recommended it to me, um, and I enjoyed the depiction of like kind of finding yourself in a subculture as a as like a teenager and how affirming that is and also how strange it can be and also the like kind of the weird ways that can manifest as you grow up as the as you change and the scene doesn't uh and i thought that was very uh it was very smart about how i explored the at least for me as somebody who doesn't know anything about metal so a, a true metalhead might read this and feel like they got it wrong but i liked it a lot and uh and it it was uh it was the best thing i've read probably so far this year wow I know you say you're not a big metal guy, but you know who is? The no. Iron Giant. <laughs> what? What the fuck? Go to bed. <laughs> Are you sleeping? <laughs> Are you drinking water? Yes. <laughs> Are you well, holding out your hand for a high five or for a pill? For a handshake. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get the Hollywood handshake from Caroline. No, medication. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Were you sitting on that the whole time? But I was Were you listen- listening. But to I was him? listening at the same time. It's about <laughs> There's I- no way. identity and um <laughs> I'm sorry, Tyler. It's, I was shocked. I'm gonna look that book up. I was surprised that I was here for that, but I but it's okay. <laughs> it was good. I do love the Iron Giant. Tyler, where can people find you online? I'll take you over. Can Blue me, Sky. You, you can find me on Blue Sky. I'm I'm at Tyler Huckabee on Blue Sky. Beautiful. Kevin, you also, your turn. That's about it. Can you do this? <laughs> yes. What do you mean, can I do this? I've what is, been doing it. What, what is the Iron Giant? <laughs> the Iron Giant? I know what, what is it is. It? I'm kidding. I'm Come kidding. Come on. Go. We all love the Iron Giant. <laughs> we all love We all love We love the Iron Giant. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, they indicted me. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. I'll lift up a movie called Prisoners. Prisoners, have you, speaking of Wolverine, starring Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Huge, Hugh, Hugh Jackman's Jackman. in it, yeah. And he plays a Christian man who does some things that are it's maybe true. not so Christian Ooh. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. You got Jake I, Gyllenhaal in that. You got, yeah. uh, what, what's Good his name? Good Gyllenhaal in that movie. Great Gyllenhaal. Man, Top tier Gyllenhaal. Movie, I, it was two and a half hours, and I got through it in one sitting at home, which is <laughs> unusual. Whoa. Thing. That's early Denny, right? That's like pre-sci-fi yeah. Denny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denny Villeneuve. Ah, uh, <laughs> very good movie. And yeah, there's just some Christian stuff in there. Lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Patreon.com slash Good Christian Fun for more Good Christian Fun. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, why don't you? Tyler, thanks so much for joining Tyler, us on the show. The this, Incredible Huck. Thank you thanks, for coming yeah. on. Thanks for having, thanks for ha- having me. I was surprised that I pitched an X-Men episode and, and you guys went for it. So I, I appreciate perfect. that and, and happy to keep it. We'll come back when the new, uh, when this new season, when they come back with this new season, we'll see if I there's any you. good Christian content on there. Yeah. yeah. When, when Professor Xavier becomes a youth pastor in the new <laughs> series, we'll do an episode. Finally lets that hair grow out a little bit. Yeah. It's a nice little <laughs> youth pastor cut. 
He has a goatee for some reason. It looks bad. Low-key alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing left to say except for, okay, Okay, I I love you, Emma. Emma. Amen. Now watch this drive. Tyler, what song, what CCM song of your choosing should we go out on in this episode? Oh, oh, um, how about... Um, feel a little switch foot. A little bare um, necessities. Yeah. <laughs> does that count as a CC? I guess it I does. So. It counts as a CCM song with an icon like Stephen Curtis. Sure, we can do bare necessities. Okay, that. we're gonna go out with the CCM song "Bare Necessities." The bare necessities of life. <laughs> All right, and we'll see you next I week. Goodbye. Goodbye. I couldn't be found off my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fence. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>